100 episodes I really made it to 100 episodes Of that thing with James That's me 100 episodes Thank you for all of your support And thank you to all who've helped me do this Thank you for keeping up this show 100 episodes Thank you all the guests 100 episodes Shout out to Emily for helping me do this wonderful show 100 episodes Thank you patrons 100 episodes Thank you friends for helping me get this far into the show Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once every millennium, something will come along. When you feel it, you... Wait, wait, wait. Well, fuck, what is it? What is it? Once every millennium, something will come along. When you feel it, you will know it because it's coming on strong. That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Sit back, relax, deep breaths, no stress. Let me come inside your mind. I promise you it won't take long. The change will happen soon. You will feel something so special growing deep within you. That thing, that thing, that thing with James, that thing, that thing, that thing with James, that's me. Some quick breaking news. Um, My guest for this episode came out as trans between the time that we'd recorded and the time I needed to upload this episode. So first off, I want to congratulate my guest on coming out. I'm super happy for her. I don't imagine it was an easy thing to do, but I imagine it's a huge relief to have it done. Now, with that said, I want to note that due to the timing in which I received the news, I did not have enough time to make all of the changes I would like to have made to this episode prior to uploading it. Thus, this episode does inadvertently deadname my guest. Emphasis on the word inadvertently. I brought this to my guest's attention, suggesting I make a preface like the one you're hearing right now. She approved of the idea and of the content of this message. So, I want to ask a favor of you, dear listener, that whenever you hear the name Arthur, please just mentally replace it with the name Audrey. I know I would appreciate it, and I know she would appreciate it. I will have Audrey's new Twitter handle in the episode description. Congrats again to my guest, and without further ado, here's the show. As you might have gathered from that little tune I sang at the beginning of this, this is episode 100, and... I have a guest that I never, it totally came out of the blue. Uh, It is one of the hosts of one of my favorite podcasts. We just sort of earlier last week kind of just randomly started talking a little bit on on the Twitter machine. And I I mentioned on said Twitter machine that I I had a hundredth episode coming up and this host of this podcast that I'm a big fan of um, commented on my post saying, uh, you know, don't bother doing like a clip show because those <laughs> are hard to pull off. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good idea. You want to be a guest? And he said, DM me. And so I DM'd him. And it, well, he's a guest on this episode and the bonus episode uh, for this week. And um, let me tell you, I was pretty nervous. I, I took a beta blocker uh, before, you know, a couple hours before interviewing him. I was pretty nervous. But I had such a fun time talking to him. 
and I can't wait for you to hear it. Um, before we get into it, I, I did forget to ask him his plugs uh, on this, the on the freemium episode. So I'm going to sort of copy paste the plugs that I remember to ask him to share from the bonus episode. I'm going to copy paste those at the end of this interview that you're about to listen to. And while I'm on the business side of things, uh, if you want to hear the bonus uh, content, like the rest of the interview that I had with this very special guest, um, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Um, subscriptions start at $5 a month. That's only five bucks a month. That's, you know, maths. That's like if you, if you paid like a, a dollar, let's see, what's, what's five divided by 30? Do that math, and from that, you can get uh, a weekly bonus episode per month. So that would be like about like four bonus episodes a month, plus access to the library of all the previously recorded bonus episodes. So if you want that extra content, and sometimes I'll upload some silly shit on there, become a patron. That's patreon.com slash that thing with James. If you uh, have any business inquiries or uh, a story or a subject you would like me to cover on the show, or if you're in need of some advice, I, I love giving advice on the show and I will keep you anonymous. Um, or, or if you just want to say nice things to me, please send me an email uh, at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. Or you can slide into my DMs. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. My handle is at James J. Asher. And also, I'm particularly fond of shit posts, memes, shitty memes. Uh, so you can share those with me on my subreddit at uh, reddit.com slash r slash that thing with James. All of this stuff will be in the show notes. Uh, now, without any further ado, here it is. The 100th episode. Record. Does it tell you recording in progress on your end, too? Yeah, it says this meeting is being recorded. That's kind of fucking ominous. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the show. This is the 100th episode, and... For all of you watching and or listening, I have a very special guest. Don't worry, I say that for all the guests. This is literally, the mo no matter what I say, this is the most special guest I've ever had. No, don't worry, I say that for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> do, you mind, do you mind giving the audience a little introduction? Uh, my name is Arthur Brem. I am one half of the hit relationship advice podcast, Radio Free Tote Bag. Radio Free Tote Bag. It's a show about relationships. <laughs> and uh, yeah, every week we take uh, Reddit questions. We take uh, questions from listeners. We have uh, fun guests. And uh, we give you a light ribbing and then give you some, uh, some uh, you know, sage advice on what you should do. Uh, because, uh, you know, if it's a Reddit question, it's usually some guy saying, my girlfriend only shaves her armpits three times a week. Should I break up with her? Oh, God. And uh, if it's a gal on Reddit, it's usually something along the lines of like, my boyfriend's like a psychopath. Should I break up with him? <laughs> it's a little <laughs> unbalanced. Seems Yeah, like. it's yeah. fully uneven on, yeah. on Reddit particularly. But yeah, we, you know, we have a good time. We have some fun back there. How long have you guys been doing the show? Three and a half years. Oh, yeah. Coming up on four years. It'll be four years in March of uh, 2022. So you started, I am fucking awful with math. What would that be? Like 2019? 20, 2018. 2018. Yeah. I think that's around the time I started this. Nice. Around the time, yeah. yeah. We're like uh, we're like pod buddies. We're Yeah, man. <laughs> we're and in a sophomore class. I started listening to you guys, I think, last year, or maybe just before lockdown. Yeah. Uh, heard about you via... I think it was Pod Damn America. I get that all the time. That was so huge for us. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I listen to you guys every week. I fucking love it. Um, you, you give really good advice. <laughs> I mean, I think you know. it's really good. 
I, uh, I have, I have a lot of experience, uh, with this kind of thing. Like I've, uh, I sort of break my relationship history into like three periods. There's like age 14 to 19. That was one person. I was with some one person for five years from age 14 to 19. Oh, wow. And I was with one person from age 19 to 24. And then I have a, a sort of long period of being single and just kind of dating around and, you know, seeing what I can get into mm-hmm. for a few years. And then I had a serious relationship that lasted about on again, off again, about two years. Um, and that's that's really informed my my sort of view of things. I, I have an orientation towards long term relationships and I know how to, uh, if not make them thrive, at least sustain them in a, in a Frankenstein like fashion, <laughs> like bolting pieces onto it and keeping, uh, keeping the thing moving. <laughs> so like, what were some of the big, uh, would you have considered yourself like a serial monogamist at the beginning? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I have, I have a tendency towards, uh, towards monogamy. I've, I have experience with polyamory as well. Uh, I've dated two of those people where uh, were polyamorous by orientation. And, uh, like when I met college girlfriend is usually how I refer to her on the show. Um, she was dating a woman, but she was her secondary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, you know, girlfriend's girlfriend has a boyfriend and that's a primary relationship. And then she has a secondary relationship with this girl that I met. Right. And, I, and then I come in and I'm like, I want to be your primary. Mm-hmm. And then uh, everything goes to shit from there. Like everything just falls the fuck apart because I'm 19 and like incapable of emotional intelligence and understanding uh, that I am actually a very insecure person. And so uh, a poly yeah. relationship seems like like that is uh, like masterclass for figuring out just how jealous you yes. or someone else might be uh alex patak uh, called it the ultimate test of how good you are at sitting in meetings <laughs> i i imagine there's a lot of communication that happens yeah there has to like you absolutely yeah. have to continually be in touch not only with your partner and what they're getting up to and sort of how you feel about their interface with others you have to be really in touch with yourself in a way that i am just not capable of like i don't like excuse me i don't uh kind of know what i'm even feeling in a given moment most of the time i'm like really sort of out of touch with my with myself in a lot of ways uh and that's uh not conducive to polyamory because it'll be like how do you feel about this i'd be like oh right you're you're like you're still trying to process and put words to it like you don't even like i'm experienced this thing it's kind of intense but i don't even know how to make sense of it kind of like right yeah it's very disorienting Mm -hmm. and then when i usually when i am able to discern how i feel about something it's like i'm very sad or just like (laughs) incredibly like just like just anxious i'm you know i have a lot of anxiety in my life and so it's like if i'm able to sort of put all of that onto it's like it turns all of the anxieties in my life like because i'm just filled with them into anxiety about the relationship right it's a focal point for yes everything yeah so i've i have learned through trial and error that that is not how i thrive i do not do well in a polyamorous situation. So I would say that to this day, I still am a serial monogamous. So how, how do you thrive? Like, what are some of the things you learned? Are there maybe some sort of like staple things to keep in mind as you proceed through a relationship? Uh, be very giving is number one. Like you have to be ready to give of yourself freely and mm-hmm. without expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be ready to, uh, you know, meet somebody else's needs. And of course, this is something we talk about all the time. You have to be able to meet your own needs really first before you can start meeting somebody else's needs. So uh, we say uh, you have to be the one before you find the one. Uh, so what you do really you, what have do you to mean by that. Like, you have to be like a completed individual before you can right. get into a successful 
relationship because you're not going to another person is not going to complete you. Exactly. Because that's grounds for a, a codependent relationship where Absolutely. I don't really know who I am. I don't really feel comfortable. And so I'm going to seek that out in a relationship. Yeah. yeah. I got enough of that already. I don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to well, I actually wrote down a, a bunch of questions. I've been talking Ooh. about talking about anxiety. I uh, try to do whatever I can to mitigate my own shit. <laughs> Important. So, uh, well, the first question is, who are you? We already answered that. How did you get into podcasting in general? Is this your first one, RFTB? This is my first show. Uh, it it was all Donovan, to be perfectly honest with you. I um. I'm a bit of a of a pampered person. Uh, I was one year. I think I would I would have been, God, if it was three 2018, I would have been um, twenty or I would have been turning thirty. Mm. And I was like, "Hey, mom, my birthday's coming up. What are you gonna give me for my birthday?" <laughs> she's like, "Whatever you want, honey." You know, she's <laughs> like, "Like, all right, you're thirty. What do you want?" And I was like, "Um." I really need like a recording setup because I had this idea that I was going to do uh, VO work from the house because I've got I've got these dulcet tones and I figured oh. I could I figured I could do some kind of like announcer stuff like just get on Fiverr and be like do you need somebody to say some shit on your stuff I'll do it um and that ended up not panning out because the room that I'm in here faces uh, a very busy street with a roundabout. So the only time that I would actually be able to record studio quality audio is like in the dead of night. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I just never really got around to doing it. So I had this recording setup sitting around and it was just staring me in the face every day. I'm like, God, I have to do something with this. This is this is terrible. Um, and then Donovan comes to me one day and literally in his crusty ass Donovan voice just says, do you want to start a podcast? <laughs> i'm like what about and he's like i really like love line do you want to do a show like love line hell yeah i'm like i mean yeah and then like two <laughs> weeks later i'm reading our first question on the first episode is how do i tell my date that i do not have a penis oh shit yeah how, how do you tell that well so the person is a uh a mad person that had and was involved in an accident and had like their penis damaged and removed right What's AMAB? Uh, aside male at birth. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they had their penis mangled in an accident, which is not funny, but it is also like a little funny. Uh, it's uh, like a movie. Right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like something out of, uh, it's that Tom Cruise flick where he's like <laughs> paralyzed. Yeah. That's terrible. Uh, but he's like, talking about how like, you know, I mean, I still, you know, want to date and want to like, you know, be with women, but like, how do I break it to them that I'm not, you know, equipped in this way? It's kind of, yeah. And uh, Donovan's big advice was like, you know, some women don't even really prefer penetrative sex. So like, don't even fucking worry about it. Like, just be confident in who you are and get that tongue game strong. <laughs> <laughs> Did the guy ever write back? Did you nah, ever... it, was a, it was a Reddit question. Oh. So we, didn't, we didn't ever get the follow-up for that most of the show like early on was reddit but we're we're finally blessed enough to have uh, a listenership that provides us with material every week so that's that was that was sort of a turning point for us when we started getting into like just doing listener questions more right that was that's when i knew things were really kind of moving on the show the question box asking no questions who made that song? I love that song. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. I wanna get the attribution right. All them questions. Ask no questions. That is forgive me if it starts the video. Oh god. Uh Spoken Reasons is the name of the YouTube channel. Okay. Uh it's from a skit where um like they're talking about like how women be in conversations. Uh huh. <laughs> I think I've heard of this. <laughs> yeah, there's dude. He does like really funny faces. I don't know. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> women be in conversations. Like, and I was like, I want to have some kind of sting for 
for starting the thing for like getting into this segment. I was like, well, they're asked. People are asking questions. I must ask them a question. Why are you asking all them questions? (laughs) And giving answers. Assuming. Oh, is that what it says? Yeah, he says, yeah, uh, it's why you asking all them questions, making statements, assuming, assuming. (laughs) I got to check this out, man. It's really funny. I'll send you a link. Oh, God. Did you ever watch uh, Whitest Kids You Know? Yeah, Trevor Moore. He fucking died? Just dead. 41 years old. 41 years old. I hear it was an accident of something I, like a car accident. Yeah, it's, uh, that fucking sucks. Yeah. I like uh, that show. I, I, I love that show. I love, um, God, like Gallon of PCP is one of my favorite <laughs> comedy skits of all time. <laughs> He's there. He's he's like typically he was playing like a more wild character, but he played the straight man in that particular skit. Mm-hmm. And he just what? Wow, a gallon of PCP. Wow, just like incredulous to his friend. Civil and War on Drugs. Ugh. Civil War on Drugs is I, one of the one of the greatest <laughs> little comedy miniseries of all time. I would want. I always wanted more of it. Like I needed that. I love historical based kind of comedy shit like drunk history. I fucking love drunk history. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but man. no, man, that's what sad. Tragedy. What a loss. Yeah. Uh, I I wanted to always wanted to see more out of them. I was like, when is Whitest Kids You Know coming back? Yeah. I guess he had like a he was doing like a talk show kind of a thing too for a minute. Yeah, I watched I a couple of those streams. Um, they were I want to say it was streamed on Super Deluxe okay and, uh like you could like call in and it was like a wild really wacky kind of thing he was doing he did like a 24 hour oh it was a 24 hour live stream when they were doing um net neutrality talks oh really yeah and he was just like taking calls and doing net neutrality shit as i recall i could be like they literally did 24 hours mm-hmm. i gotta find this shit it's gotta be on youtube <laughs> it's somewhere <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so you said um, Donovan was the one who proposed the podcast idea. Yeah. yeah. How, how did you two meet initially? Uh, we're old friends from college. Um, I think I want to say the first time I ever met him, I was DJing at a house party that a buddy of his was throwing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually a member of the of the RFTB canon. He's in the lore. It's old Zisty. Mm-hmm. Uh, our buddy uh throws this halloween party and i show up i've got my um i had a newmark mix deck ooh an all in one dj solution with cd turntables and uh, and the whole thing and so i show up with that i hook it up to their sound system and then this dude comes down the stairs with a bandolier of red bulls and two uh bottles of jägermeister on his belt fuck <laughs> and i look at him and i'm like what the fuck and he's like i'm the jäger bomber <laughs> <laughs> so fucking silly and like we proceeded to just get absolutely shit house that night and we ended uh-huh. up we like we bonded over music because i was playing like um he's real into electronic shit too so i was playing a lot of house and electro yes and he's like uh what oh man this band's fucking great like who is this and like we're talking about music till like fucking five in the morning and uh yeah we it's funny we didn't really ever hang out so much during college we would just like see each other at these parties that our friend threw Mm-hmm. and like maybe we'd see each other and be like oh hey how's it going uh but then things really started kicking up like well after college we all had um ps4 uh we would play like battlefield games so we mm-hmm. would just be like shooting folks online and uh donovan had this like ability to just drive a joke fully into the ground <laughs> so like i can't even remember any of them but like we, we would be some stupid reference that we would just like hit over and over and over again until like late into the night, just playing video games and having beers. Uh, and that's, that's really where the, how close we've become sort of generated nice. from is, is those late night gaming sessions. It's pretty interesting how like the people when you're in school, like you think you guys are going to be friends for the rest of your life. And then, you just kind of go your separate ways. And then later on in life, you never know who the fuck you're going to run into or what's yeah. going to happen with them. I kind of love it. 
you know? Yeah, it's really it's yeah. really wild. And I I credit um, Sony with a lot of that because I kept in touch with like <laughs> most of my close college friends through playing PlayStation Four. Nice. Um, yeah, push up so, my glasses on that one. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still you still a uh, gamer? Yes, uh, I've moved mostly to PC gaming of late. I play a lot of Dark Souls. Oh That's God, funny. I've been too scared to even fuck with that at all. I I'm, I will I'm give you the encouragement. I will give you the encouragement. Um, start with Bloodborne if you're going to get into the Soulsborne series, uh, just because okay. it's like. It gives you something that's a little more self-contained and it's a little less kind of uh, of an undertaking. If you go like, okay, I'll just play Bloodborne because it's right. just one game in a series. You're not like committing to like, okay, once I beat Dark Souls and I have to beat Dark Souls 2. You don't actually have to beat Dark Souls 2. That game is uh, dog shit. <laughs> and then I have to beat Dark Souls 3. <laughs> you catch a lot of hate from your Dark Souls 2 fan listeners. Uh, I've heard uh, Bloodborne isn't quite as grueling as Dark Souls. Is that accurate? It's uh, so if I may get technical for a moment, the parry windows are bigger. Okay. So like uh, in Dark Souls, somebody swings a sword at you. You have a window where you get to swing your sword or your shield Mm -hmm. into their weapon. And if you hit it at exactly the right time, they go into something called a repost animation Mm -hmm. where they're like reel back and they are available for you to repost where you go up and just like stab the shit out of them with your sword. Mm -hmm. Um, In Bloodborne, you parry with a gun. Uh, Okay. Gun on your left hand. So like if somebody attacks you, you can back up out of the range of it and then shoot them. And if you hit them while they're in the attack animation, then they'll go into the repost animation. So it's just that little mechanic that gives you so much more range to not get fucked up to give yourself a second. And uh, Dark Souls is a lot slower and more, I'll say technical. Mm -hmm. Like you have, like you're using a shield a lot of the time. So you're like carefully blocking attacks and doing parries and like getting a couple hits in and then fighting these like massive armored knights. And then in Bloodborne, you're fighting like werewolves and shit. So you have to just like, they they're about to kill you you shoot them in the face and then you just cut them up with your saw cleaver and like it's a lot more like aggressive and visceral diet dark souls kind (laughs) of i will say extra caffeinated dark souls with uh uh, taurine and guarana (laughs) oh shit (laughs) man i gotta be careful drink i will drink red bull i was having to do a lot of driving at the beginning of this year and uh, I started drinking Monster. Yeah. I hadn't had Monster since college because a friend, I was taking some shrooms and a friend was like, oh, if you take it, you know, the, the B12 really like amps it up. So it's like a lot more mellow, but intense. So that was the last time I had Monster. Uh, and then with all the driving at the beginning of this year, I started drinking Monster just to stay awake on the road. And... uh I, I don't know how the fuck I got on this. I'm sorry. It has nothing it to do into, with video games. It turns into a total a, fucking problem, though. Like It's a weird fucking high. And it's like, I've got like real fast metabolism. So like my blood sugar will just out of nowhere drop. And mm. so, you know, I'll be running high on a monster. And then all of a sudden, like the second I stop moving, basically, my yeah. entire body is just fucking wrecked. Just shaking and your blood turns to syrup. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh video games i've been playing yakuza have you played any of the yakuza i have it is this the new one the like a dragon yes oh okay okay i was a little trepidatious about getting into it i i don't know why i guess i just didn't really watch it i like to watch shit on twitch maybe before to see how the gameplay is uh and i actually started with yakuza zero okay and it was one of the funnest games I've ever played. Isn't that that's is that in the because um, I know like a dragon is like a JRPG, like it plays like a turn based fighter. Mm-hmm. Is it um, is Yakuza Zero that or because I know the earlier games in the series were action games. Uh, Yakuza like a dragon, as I understand it, is the first uh, RPG style one turn based. So everything before was basically like button mash you get the right Mm -hmm. combo you kick their ass kind of a thing but where the juice is 
is like it is the wackiest story and dialogue <laughs> it goes everywhere i cried a couple times playing uh, uh zero and at, like one minute you're, you're you're crying because of this like woman who's you know blind because she was so traumatized by being human trafficked and yada yada uh, dude it gets heavy but then the next thing you know you're like helping a uh dominatrix get her get her courage up get her self-esteem up so she can <laughs> be a good dom and you're doing this like at a kitty park <laughs> like with kids watching saying what are you guys doing adults are weird <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome it's wonderful i i love a game that goes places um, oh dude, oh yeah have you ever played chrono trigger uh i don't Every time I hear that, I want to think of that game you'd play at an arcade where you've got the pistol and you put down, I think it's like right. Time Cop or something. No, <laughs> time I, no. Cop or Short Area answer, 51. no. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, because you mentioned crying during video games, I recently uh, wept like a little baby at like a 1995 JRPG oh. where there's this robot named Robo. Mm-hmm. And he meets up with his uh, with his brethren, basically. So, like, you meet this robot, and he's all busted up and broken. And pe- remember, your party fixes him up and kind of reprograms him, and he joins your group. And then you meet the other robots in the series that he's from, and they instantly recognize that his programming has been changed, and they're like, you are a defect. And he's like, oh. I'm, I'm a what? And they go, you are broken. You must be destroyed. And they like beat his ass. They like beat him up really bad and he won't fight back because they're his brothers. Uh, and so you just have to watch this character that you have just met and kind of fallen in love with because he's very charming get just trashed and thrown into a trash heap. Oh my uh, God. And I'm like, oh man. The Japanese really know how to make you cry. <laughs> like with their storylines. <laughs> that's, that's what we've learned today. Uh huh. So, what you study in college? History. Uh, mm. I was I was a history major. Uh, I studied colonial Africa, um, Central Asia, and uh, the United States, particularly uh, with a focus on the Black American experience. And uh, I call my course of study "bad shit that white people did." <laughs> I, I imagine there's a lot. Yeah, I I think of myself as, as more of like a social historian. So like I looked mostly at what life was like for your average person during those periods. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to focus on. Because, uh, you know, like the whole great man theory of history where like, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, this guy did all this stuff. And it's like, no, a bunch of people carried out the will of one person. What was it like for the average person involved in those systems, like what was their life like? It's more what I'm interested in. Did you take any like a sociology classes to sort of supplement the curiosity I'm, about day to day? I mostly just took whatever would fulfill requirements and looked easy. Right. Um, and then uh, like seriously focused on like the history courses. So uh, probably my favorite course I took was a course on the history of Afghanistan. Oh. And uh it's really wild. Like you've got the the Pashtun people and their sort of like code of like living. Like there's like Pashtun law called the Pashtun Wali. And it's like really focused on hospitality and taking care of people um, in a way that like the American media, you would never know that about, right. about Afghan folks um, Uh, If you just listen to the media and I remember very clearly on the final day of class, like we all took our final and then he gets up in front of uh, the class and he says, all right, so you guys now know more than 95% of the U S state department about Afghanistan. (laughs) So uh, pat yourselves on the back for that. Uh, But also do your best to try to like share this information with people because we've been at war with this country for, you know, I think at that point it was nearing two decades Mm -hmm. and uh, nobody knows anything about it. So, you know, share this information with people. So were you radicalized before or after this? Like, how did you get into this particular piece of history? 
that comes from partially my folks because I what some of my earliest memories about politics are my mother and father yelling about Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. and how they've they've ruined the fucking country. This place is a shithole now, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, and then. Uh, a big part of that was college girlfriend because when I met her, it was we were going into the 2008 election, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing like Ron Paul and being kind of turned on by what Ron Paul had to say. Right, and she goes, she goes, oh honey, oh honey, no, <laughs> you don't no. want to go down that path. <laughs> he's like, no, you don't want to, you don't want to be. He's a libertarian, and I go, what, what do you mean libertarian? It's like yeah. people should. It's just this, this idea that everybody should be allowed to do exactly whatever they want without any government regulation whatsoever. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know. It sounds pretty good. She's like, what about corporations? <laughs> like, what, what? What? Corporations? Like, well, of course they shouldn't be able to, like, pollute and stuff. And he, she goes, uh, Ron Paul thinks they should be able to just dump whatever they fucking want in the ocean. And boom. I'm like, wait a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> you mean to tell me that Nestle doesn't have my best interest in mind? <laughs> Where, uh, where'd uh, you grow up? Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. I grew up in this very room that I'm actually sitting in, unfortunately. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I'm from Loveland, Ohio, and this is where I am currently. Oh. Uh, ain't never been out the mouth of this holler, except for when I went up and lived in Columbus for a while. I lived in New York State for a year, um, going to school with uh, with college girlfriend. Um. But yeah, it's it's a bleak little town uh, in a lot of ways. It's become, especially the part of town where I am, it's really, I call it strip mall hell. Oh, yeah. So it's just like on either side of the street, there's like, it's like tanning place, gym, dollar store, Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you've got a home goods store and a grocery store and a Walgreens. And then you go up a little further. And you've got a mattress store and another grocery store and a GameStop and a GameStop and a GameStop. It's literally everywhere in the United States, essentially. Exactly. Outside exactly. of a few little bubbles. Yeah. There's, um, I wish I could remember the name of the artist. There's a, an artist that paints landscapes that are just these, like these sort of bleak suburban, uh, like uh, commercial spheres. Oh, God. And uh, I love that shit. Like uh, he was featured in Super Size Me, so you could like figure that out from uh, from that information, listener. Uh, you can go. It's, this is now an ARG. You can track down this artist by going and watching <laughs> Super Size Me. Um, but I love that shit because it's it really shows it's it's the closure of the commons again. Like there's nowhere that you can like exist without spending money. Right. And so what what happens to people when they don't have any fucking money? They're completely marginalized. And uh, I think it was on Chapo where they were saying that they like exist in this system to like serve as a reminder of what could happen to you if you don't submit to capital. Right. That's fucking dark, man. Yeah. Uh, I was living in Austin. I actually I'm, I'm in Tulsa now. I moved here <laughs> a few months ago. Like I I'm originally from Denver, moved around a bit, but I mostly grew up in Oklahoma. And I recently had to come back, my girlfriend and I, because um, we lost our home in Austin, mm. Texas. Uh, did you hear about like the the ice storm that hit it back in February? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had buddies down there that were totally fucked up by that. Yep. We, we were one of them. We lost our home and God. like we had hypothermia. We were so fucking lucky. We got like one of the last hotel rooms that had mm. electricity. Otherwise we would have been dead probably because we lived in a shithole. It was yeah. the only thing you could afford in Austin. And it was already overpriced for a drafty shithole. Um, and we just like lost fucking everything. We lost our home. And then finally we were like, you know, Fuck it. Let's just go to Oklahoma. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Tulsa's, I mean, it's Tulsa, but uh, there's some fun shit. I got a lot of friends here, so. Fuck yeah. Uh, That's what I'm, that's what I've learned because I haven't ever lived in, you know, not, not Austin, not Chicago, not um, New York, but like Mm -hmm. Cincinnati and Columbus. 
Uh, and you don't really you don't really think of those places like cultural hubs, but particularly Columbus, Ohio is just a it's a beautiful little town with like a ton of shit to do and some wonderful people doing some excellent art. So like, you know, big ups to uh, that city. And I'll say it small to mid sized cities around this beautiful country of ours. Uh, <laughs> move somewhere less expensive, Brooklynites. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's why, why cool shit out there. Book? Yeah. My my girlfriend's from Dayton. And she lived in Columbus forever for school. Yeah. And she's always talking about it. I want to go. We actually might, you know, uh, COVID pending stuff. If it's safe, we mm -hmm. might go this fall. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hit me up when you're in town. We can, like go. I could show you a couple things. We can hang out or whatever. That'd be cool as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, the thing that got me on to uh, uh, Austin was talking about living the place where you have to shop like you mm -hmm. live work and shop all in the same place uh there's this um it, it terrifies me like I, I i always got really you know dark vibes off of this place called the domain oh god it's in northern uh, northish austin and it's a lot of new I, I think it probably developed maybe like five years ago or so but there's all sorts of just like restaurants, little shopping areas and apartments, like new way overpriced apartments, all in the same sort of square half mile. Oh yeah, I've seen those places. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're all over and it's like just a new version of hell in my yeah. eyes. Yeah, um, there's always like a really bleak, I keep using that word, a really bleak sports bar. It is bleak, bar. yes. Yes. There's always just like a horrifying, you know, it's like an Applebee's minus. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to go eat. Like, this is my life now. I'm going to go down to the like 12 square foot gym and run on the treadmill for a little while. And then I'm going to go like tie one on at the, at the, you know, could be like a Butterbee's or something, you know, just a hamster in this wheel. <laughs> exactly. And like, uh, especially with um with like remote work like you don't even yeah. like leave the compound mm -mm. to like go to work you're just like you're in this little cubicle it reminds me of that fucking black mirror episode where they have to like do the um the exercise bikes oh yes yes and Ugh. then you have to get tokens yada yada yeah. yada oh. imagine just what that does to your psyche and just i i i don't know if it's just me being you know, a pretentious lefty or something, but it's like people who are living in those boxes, yeah. do you realize what kind of effect it's having on your, your mind and your, your body and your soul? You know, I, it's really, it's really weird. Like there's something about having varied experiences and like doing different shit sometimes mm -hmm. that is really good for the human spirit. Uh, that just that just doesn't exist if you like live in the place that you work in the place that you play. Mm -hmm. It's this sort of like it's like an atrophying of parts of your like like spirit. Yeah, uh, and I I you know I I could never I could never with one of those. Like I'm even leery about like you know oh my apartment complex has like a pool and a gym. It's like you're, I feel like your place that you live should just be a place that you like you know, have some of your shit and mm. then you go do stuff. Agreed. These apartments that have like the whole like community area, no one ever really hangs out at those places. No, no there's no reason yeah. to, cause you've got a little kitchenette in your place. Like, what are you going to come down and like, we, we're going to, we're all going to hang out and have frozen pizzas in the, in the parlor. <laughs> Can you just imagine the, uh, Oh, Oh, what's the word? Oh, I'm forgetting the word. It would just be awkward having to like pretend to be nice with all the neighbors you don't really fucking care to talk to. Sure, sure. How to cook? Yeah. Uh, there, there. I think there is an appropriate level of contempt for the people that live near you that like is <laughs> yes. that is supposedly missing from these places. Yeah. Um, did you see? I watched. I feel like I'm going half cocked on this one because I only watched half of it. But there's a documentary on WeWork on Hulu. I haven't even uh, seen any of it, so don't worry. Sure. But. Uh, <laughs> throw it at me yeah so uh do you know what we work is are you familiar with this company oh yes oh yeah yeah 
so they apparently like before they went under they were starting uh we live which is like what an apartment it's an like a communal apartment complex with like like it's just these little boxes that you live in it's basically like a it's almost like a capsule hotel uh-huh. and then you have like these common areas that everybody can use mm-hmm. and uh the first people that like moved into these were like psychopaths never went anywhere and just like fully bought into this vision of what it could be um and apparently there was like a ton like just a ton of fucking in these places because people would like (laughs) like meet up in these common areas and everybody's single because you can't you know you can't have like you know a live-in partner Mm -hmm. in one of these we work spaces so there was a joke among the uh architects and the um interior designers that everything had to be built to support the weight of two people Oh, because they were going to be banging on it. Yeah. Um, And like no no cardboard beds like in Tokyo. No. (laughs) Uh, Somebody said it was it would be weird if somebody left the complex. Like they would somebody would say like, uh, I'm going to my friend's birthday party. And the next question would be, oh, which unit are they in? Not like someone somewhere down the line said, this sounds like a fucking great idea. Yeah, it's some it it was this um this Tokyo this like billionaire from Japan apparently like met up with the CEO of WeWork mm-hmm. and was like like he got an 18 minute tour of the office and was like listen I got to go. Um this is a really wild thing you got going but you have to get crazier. <laughs> and it's like okay, so he's like all right, we're going to do we live and uh they were in plans to do a thing called we learn. They were going to try to revolutionize education as like a communal oh, living God. experience and it's just absolutely soul-shattering. It's like this it's it's brave new world, you know. Yeah. It's they're definitely trying to bring Aldous Huxley's vision to life. They read that and said this is great. <laughs> this is all in the uh in the documentary. Yeah, it's oh, on. Heard about- let me let me get the title. Let me get the title of this documentary. And we'll go to Hulu real quick. We work. Colin. We didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> we work. It didn't. <laughs> Where is it? Uh, we work on the making and breaking of a forty-seven billion dollar unicorn. Oh yeah. Good lord. Yeah, really wild stuff. Uh, there was a We Work close to my old apartment in Austin. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's all I've got to say about that. You walk past and you just get this vague sense of unease. You're like- It was kind of like a zoo walking past seeing the people working in there because for my day job, I work remote too, but I don't want to pay to just do my job. I can do that shit for free at home, shit my own toilet. Right. You know? Yeah, it felt weird. There was a lot. There's a lot of shit that just feels weird. It's true. Yeah. Uh, there is there is a pervasive unease in the United States these days. Uh, and I hate and to say these days, you know, I hate that phrase. I hate that concept because like as a student of history, I know that like when people say these days, what they mean is these are contradictions that have existed forever that you're right. just kind of now reckoning with as a person because you're living in this time. Right. Um, but it's, it does, it, it seems different, doesn't it? Like everything over like the past month or so, I've felt like, uh, I don't know, like my instinct has felt this sort of like keen sense of like, there's weird, but this is like unusual levels of weird. Yeah. Like there's something yeah. on the horizon. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, I, I get that too. Because there's, you know, there's Delta variant, obviously, out mm. there, uh, ripping it up, you know, yep. really tearing up the charts. Uh, you've got this, like, this administration that we're under, which it's, they said, it, I think they said it best on Chapo, because that's who I go to for my political analysis. Mm-hmm. They were talking about how the election was supposed to be, if, like, some kind of catharsis. Like, we had... Um, you know, all this build up to this election and then Joe Biden wins. And there was supposed to be this sense of like, oh, Cheeto man's gone. Mom's home. She's going to take care of us. We're safe. Exactly. And right. it just it just didn't come like no. nobody has that sense. Uh, and 
I, there's, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, and I, that's sort of a new feeling for me. Like I, you know, always kind of like 2016 was a shock when, when Donald Trump won. Mm -hmm. uh, but once we had that information, we're like, okay, we know what's going to happen. Like chuds are going to chud it up and uh, immigrants are going to get fucked over. And, but like, you kind of had like a sense of what the narrative was going to be. Right. I don't know what the fucking narrative is anymore. I've completely lost the plot. Right. I, I kind of predicted that Trump would win. Like when he was coming in, I was kind of like, this makes sense that he would win. What's worst case scenario? That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And then, yeah, it does make sense. Like I have no fucking idea. Like we know what needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, but it's not happening. No, there's, there's no, no motion in that direction. And like yeah, even our, our heroes are like falling off left and right. Like you've got um, Bernie and AOC, like not doing what needs to be fucking done. Yeah. And like, what was, uh, I saw some just hooray, like heinous uh, AOC t-shirt that was like live, laugh, socialism or some shit. Is that one of the ones that she's like advertising on Instagram or some yes. shit? Yes. Yeah. It's, I saw someone retweet a picture of that on Twitter and it's just like, oh, we're doomed. Yeah, it's well, we lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. Uh, happy so. 100th episode. Oh, happy 100th <laughs> episode. And actually, this just reminded me of another question I had written for you. Ooh, ooh. If you were God Emperor of the world, what would you do? Ah, uh, big question. You get creative with it. Yeah. Interesting. I would, of course install the immortal science of marxist leninist communism but of course <laughs> <laughs> but more accurate like i'm i don't know maybe more of a trotskyist or i need to learn more about like posadism uh because aliens are cool that's know. hot with the kids <laughs> yeah. um it's about aliens i didn't even know that about posadism he's like he believes in uh ufos and like dolphins talking and shit well i mean uh, that's just real yeah like that, that dolphin shit when they gave him acid and like all of a sudden they're able to like communicate with and humans. and the nurse had to jack off the off. dolphin yeah. to get yeah, it because he's be getting all horned up yeah <laughs> like that's just real like, dolphins know some shit premium fucking history dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah i watched the uh drunk history of duncan trussell talk about oh that. god yes do you ever um, listen to the duncan trussell podcast I should. That's one of the ones that's like on the list of things that I should get involved with. I still got to, I got to get a Netflix sub so I can watch uh, midnight gospel. Like mm -hmm. this dude seems like he's kind of got it together. Like he's doing some shit. He's uh, he, he's a good one. He doesn't um, like he would be on board, but I don't think he really talks to the right people enough to be totally locked into the idea of like critical material analysis kind of sure, stuff. Sure. Um, but he's there, you know, he's spiritual kind of thing, mm -hmm. more spiritual than materialist. I think we need uh, like more of an element of that. Perhaps I think that's something that's, um, maybe a turnoff for people, especially in this country. Cause we're, you know, we, there's this idea that the world is secularizing. Mm -hmm. I don't think the U S is secularizing at that same rate. I think we're still, you know, some, uh, percent, like huge percentage of Americans, they believe that angels are real and intervene in people's lives. Uh, I have a friend who's a white magician and she talks to angels and gets messages from license plates. For sure. Okay. I'm <laughs> yeah. into that. Yeah. <laughs> she um, also thinks video games makes people uh, violent. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting take. Yeah. Uh, I believe uh, when I, so I have bipolar disorder and uh, when I get manic, I get delusional and I have psychotic features to my, uh, to my mania. And extra so, spice. Yes. Had little, just a little bit of extra flavor on that. Yeah, that's some fun. Uh, Cause not, yeah, it's not enough that I just be incredibly speedy and high on my own brain. I also have to like get delusional and psychotic. That's pretty cool. Fuck yeah. Um, and I, I have this belief that I am possessed of secret knowledge, but I don't know what that knowledge is. But if they know that I know the secret knowledge, they're going to come get me. That is so common. I have a relative mm -hmm. who uh, has bipolar disorder and they too, when they are manic, they never said it outright, but I kind of pieced it together before yeah. I heard it explicitly said as like a secret knowledge. I was kind of piecing it together. It's like this person is acting as if they know something none of us know. And that you can't know. You're not allowed to know. 
but it's the key to saving everyone. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's one hundred percent what it is. I feel like it feels like there is like some kind of nuclear plan in my brain. Some kind of like, some kind of like, like mode, like new mode of life or something. Like it's it gets really wild. Mm -hmm. Uh, For more on that, check out my appearance on Take Your Pill Psychopath with John F. O'Donnell. Um, We talk we talk about all that shit. Oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. We're here. So, we're here, man. Um, <laughs> let me consult my notes. Yes, please. <laughs> I've got some notes here. Uh, let's see. What has your... Moleskin. Thank you. My mom got this in Canada. It's handmade. Ooh. I know. Nice. I love it. It's so nice. <laughs> um, back to podcasting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How has your experience... What has your experience been like? Do you feel you've matured or, or mastered the skill after all these years? Interesting. I don't think I've mastered the skill. And mm-hmm. I don't think... I think the second you think you've mastered the skill, you've lost it. Like, you have to, like, you know, sort of stay hungry. Because, um, like... So do you, I can tell the pod story, like the how I came to like enjoy them or understand, like know anything about them. Uh, who was it? Oh, so uh, Scott Ackerman of Comedy Bang Bang. Yes. Gets the deal with IFC and starts the TV show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this looks fucking zany and wacky. What's this about? So I watched a show on, I think the first season came out on Netflix. And I'm like, what is this? This is wild. And then with I'm like, Reggie Watts, with of Reggie, yes, he's he's so great. Um, and so I'm like, wait, this is there's like an audio format of the. How do you do this in an audio format? What is this? So I start listening to that, and then it's just a short hop from uh, Comedy Bang Bang to WTF. Yes. And I got real into got real into Marin for a long time. Uh, I was uh, one of the early like uh, I actually had the Earwolf app. Oh, like, really? I, you know, back when that was a thing before scripts bought them and they just folded it into Stitcher Premium. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I have like this deep lore with podcasts, and I, like, I don't know if you if you feel like you mastered the craft, you've lost it. Is kind of where I am, and like, I don't th- I don't think if you ask that question of like Scott Ackerman, he would be like, "What are you talking about, mastered? What is this?" Right. Um, so. Uh, I, f- I feel like the technical end of things I've gotten pretty decent at, like I'm, you know, I started using, uh, compressors and limiters and, uh, you know, actually having the audio sound good, which has, yeah. been, which has been a pretty good, uh, pretty good feature of the show. Um, and I think, I think we're on the way to something big. Like I think things are coming. Really? Um, like we're get you know we've had some some reasonably uh, popular guests. We've had people that have been featured on uh, you know bigger things. Uh, we had John McAfee for no fucking reason. Um, I forget if I heard that episode or not. It's was it, incredible. It's was incredible. he on for like fifteen minutes or something? He stayed for the hour. I gotta find this. And he oh brought God. his wife, Janice. So we actually got a full hour with John and Janice McAfee um, talking about the genesis of their relationship. They talk about, um, like, they rate prisons that they've been in. What? Yeah. It's it's really a wild ride. And so, like, Donovan absolutely gets him by accident because he's, like, uh, he takes uh, some kind of medication for sleep. And so he one night he pops his sleeping medication. He's browsing Reddit before he goes to sleep. And he's, like, laying in bed looking at his phone. And he sees a post from somebody that he thinks is John Mulaney <laughs> saying, I will go on your podcast if it's been around for more than a year. Oh, my and God. And he goes, oh, yeah, John Mulaney would be great. Let's get John Mulaney on. Next morning, he wakes up from a to an email from Janice McAfee saying, "We would love to come on your show." And he's like, "Wait, McAfee?" And he looks him up and he goes, "Oh my god, the multi-millionaire murderer like wanted for like tax evasion in multiple countries. What the fuck?" Uh, and so the day comes when we're supposed to record with him, and we're sitting there like we're in the recording session before John gets on, and we're like, "What are we even gonna fucking do here?" 
And Donovan gets the idea. He just goes, why don't we just wind him up and let him go? Probably the best thing we could have happen here is just like have him talk. Yeah. And he can and, talk. Oh, he's a talker. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we we go into just about everything. And the most fascinating thing to me was his relationship with Janice. Like they, you know, when she when they met, uh, she was a sex worker. And their first night together, they just cuddled. Oh, and I'm like, that's really fucking sweet. And then he like gets her away from her pimp and they like move away. And then the pimps after him. And like, it's just a wild fucking story. I can't I can't encourage people enough to to go check that out. It's That's like that awesome. movie. True romance. It really <sighs> is. It's it's such a such a wild story. And uh, I, I wrap it up on a neat little button. I bring it back to advice at the end of the episode in a neat little way. So. Oh. I think I interrupted you. What episode was that? It is episode 101 entitled John fucking McAfee. 101. John McAfee was one of my favorite American icons. Like he's yeah. up there with like Doc Holliday. Absolutely. You know? He's he's a myth. He's an absolute myth. Did you see uh, that documentary? I think it was called Gringo or whatever. Mm, it was on Hulu. It's where these, uh, have you heard about this? He had like a scat fetish kind of a thing <laughs> we did yeah. we we toyed with the idea of like just opening the episode on uh so you like shit or uh <laughs> but we decided not to antagonize it oh hmm god damn like what was it like to, uh, like were you shaken before talking to him like i don't know how the fuck i would feel we recorded like a pre-thing like I want to, yeah. So we recorded a little thing. We're like, okay, so we're about to talk with John McAfee. Uh, we just want to make it clear that we like he. This person has done things that we do not agree with. He is absolutely, you know, he's a like a ruthless capitalist. You know, an absolute exploiter of of labor, uh, and we, you know, can't get down with that. On the other hand, very interesting character, and uh, I think there's a lot to be learned from him. So let's go to our interview with John McAfee. Uh, and then we recorded a post thing where we're both we're just like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? We're like, we're just like <laughs> losing our minds. Um, and yeah, it's it's really strange. I have this odd sort of relationship to John McAfee where I, I have like survivor's guilt where I feel like a little responsible because mm. our first question to him, he's like, so we go, uh, can you explain like who you are and what you do? And he's like, uh, I'm a wanderer, uh, you know, man of mystery and uh donovan goes where you been wandering <laughs> and he goes i can't tell you <laughs> and then janice busts in with all over europe oh and, and then where does he get busted spain was it yeah uh-huh so i have this really odd kind of i'm like should they have made don't tell us john <laughs> oh dude I don't think it was you. I think it couldn't have been. It's not like the CIA is listening to Radio Free Tote Bag to get hot tips. (laughs) Unless, unless, unless unless I'm manic and I'm having a delusional episode. Have you ever like uh, when when you're having the uh, the the grandiose thoughts and everything? Have you ever tried to like write it down and try to maybe make sense of it? It doesn't come out right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like. So every, like, you know, I used to smoke a ton of weed, right? Right. And I figured out that that's like a manic trigger. Uh, so I would be like hypomanic for a long time, uh, just like smoking every day and writing shit in a notebook. And I have this completely disjointed notebook that I keep around with, like, it's got little like joke pieces in it uh, and like just bits. Cause I wanted to do stand up for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that ended up never coming together but it's just like some of that shit's dork like i look at some of those pages and i'm just like wow you were in a weird place weren't you oh my god yeah so you wanted to do stand-up mm-hmm. tell me about that i always idolized like coming up i was real into letterman and leno mm-hmm. like i watched a lot of late night i even watched johnny carson like when i was real young and i wanted 
I, to be honest with you, I wanted and still want that job. Like late night host seems pretty fucking good, doesn't it? You just like get to meet all these famous people and tell funny jokes, and you've got like this whole apparatus around you, Hell just yeah. like designed to make you the optimal personality for television. Like it seems really interesting. I gotta lose about eighty pounds, but I feel like I feel like that's something I could. I could handle. No, it's like flash forward to six months later. I'm completely a manic wreck, you know, but, uh, <laughs> that like, could be a show. It'd be like, uh, Eric Andre show. Maybe it would be a little bit like Eric Andre or, like, <laughs> or like, can you imagine if like Steven Brody Stevens had ended up getting some kind of like late night thing? Oh dude, that would have been intense. Yeah. That would have been a- such fiery energy. Mm-hmm. Huh. I still say, um, uh, Stephen Brody Stevens lines all the time, RIP to a real one. But I'll definitely, like, somebody will say something and I'll be like, push and believe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do people get it? No, nobody fucking knows Stephen Brody Stevens. He's such an unsung hero. Yeah. Um, like, just an absolute, like, warrior of a personality. And uh, yeah, that's another one. We're talking about death a whole bunch on this episode, but. I know it's like people are dying or some shit. It's fucking yeah, weird. It's, it's almost like we're in the middle of like a giant mental health and drug addiction crisis in this country. In addition to a horrifying pandemic. That's why you should go to church. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, uh, we're at, I think we're about at an hour right now. Mm. Would you be interested and maybe sticking around for a bonus episode. Hell yeah, I'd love to. Awesome. Yeah. I'm having a great time. I'm having so much fun. I've got a lot of questions. We don't have to get through all of them, but uh, pluggables, you can find us at rftb.me. That's where you're going to find our uh, feed for the main show. We also have patreon.com slash radio free tote bag, where for $5 a month, you can get four bonus episodes every that's a bonus episode every week and uh for ten dollars a month we'll even give you a shout out on the fucking show we're gonna say your name if you uh give us a little bit of extra money and uh coming pretty soon i'm gonna plug it here tote bags tote bags for radio free tote bag are in the works we're gonna get them together and we're gonna take minion death cult's advice and we're gonna get a nice gusseted canvas tote bag what's a gusset Uh, Gusset is so like have you ever seen a tote bag that um kind of folds out at the bottom, it has like a square base? Yeah, it's flat so shit doesn't get yes. smushed. That's a gusset. Okay. Yeah, you gotta have a gusseted tote bag. Uh but yeah, they're I'm gonna announce it here. Uh they're coming out pretty soon. Uh we're getting some new artwork for the show. Nice. And uh big things uh in the works. We're gonna we're gonna get that going here pretty soon. We're gonna start taking pre-orders. Uh probably by the I'd say by the end of September, we're gonna start taking uh pre-orders. You hear that, folks? It's up to you to you know blow NPR out of the fucking water. Uh for dear listeners and or viewers, if you would like to catch the bonus episode, I'll fill you in fill you in on a little clip after this. Uh Thank you so much for being Happy on the be show. Here. This Happy is, uh, I, I, I was just taking a shot, reaching out to you, and I'm so glad I did. This well, is a real yeah. treat. I'm, gl- I'm glad you did too. This was great. Hell yeah. Okay, well, uh, let's take a quick pee break and then get back to it. Hell yeah, I'm into it. All right. All right, see you in a sec. See you in a second. And thus concludes episode 100 of that thing with James. Thank you so much for listening. And I do hope you stick around to listen to the rest of my interview with Arthur from Radio Free Tote Bag. Uh, That'll be on my Patreon. If you are not a member already, I strongly encourage you to consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash that thing with James and you will be able to get access to the rest of my interview with Arthur. Uh, Thank you again for, for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Love you. Bye.